Cowboy Nation, and welcome into another episode of Preview in the Pokes. I'm your host, Josh Criswell. Excited to be back with you guys after a little bit of a break. Going to break down the Cowboys season opener at the end of the show with my good co-host, David Graff. But first things first, going to talk to somebody that all the Cowboys fans out there are going to hear a lot from moving forward, and that's the voice of the Cowboys, Reese Monaco. Joined right now by a very special guest, the new voice of the Cowboys football team, Reese Monaco. Reese, I know you've been around the program for a long time. We're a student here in the 1990s, but I imagine there's a little bit of a different feel going into the football season, knowing that you're going to be the full-time play-by-play guy, huh? Yeah, well, it's a completely different field. I mean, the, the preparation is a lot different, and uh, just knowing that uh, I'm stepping in and – place of a guy who was so revered by the people of Wyoming and University of Wyoming fans is is uh, it's you know, I'm not gonna say it's it's not overwhelming but it's humbling to be honest with you that I that the University of Wyoming uh, you know trusted me to make this move upwards you know I when Dave decided to step away from basketball they slid me into that position from women's basketball. And, uh, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it working with Kevin. And that's, and that's one of the good things about this broadcast is even though it will seem new, Kevin McKinney is still going to be a huge part of this. And uh, he is such a, an institution <laughs> when it comes to Wyoming sports. I am just so glad that I'll be working with Kevin. Right. And you mentioned taking over for Dave Walsh after, you know, him holding the position for almost 40 years. I think you're the third full time football play by play person the university's ever had. But, you know, just kind of speaking on Dave, you know, how much of an honor is it to, to step in and fill his shoes? And then also, you know, how much has he helped you along the way during your career? Dave has helped me uh, considerably throughout uh, our time knowing each other. Uh, you know, I consider Dave a mentor. Uh, just, you know, my first experiences with Wyoming sports, Wyoming football and basketball was listening to Dave and uh, listening to Dave and Kevin. And, you know, a lot of people have said what you said to me, Josh, about stepping in and, and filling those shoes. And my answer to that is, those shoes can't be filled and you know because he has been he's the voice of a generation maybe two generations for for Wyoming athletics and the only thing I can do Josh is uh you know just try to step in and uh, bring it the best I can and uh, and try to make it mine and I think that's what I did with basketball for the last couple of years uh you know and hopefully you know I'll gain the trust of uh, Wyoming fans and uh, they can trust me that uh, that I'm going to try to keep it at the same level that Dave was for so, so long. And uh, it's an absolute honor with with so many outstanding sportscasters in Wyoming, just in the state of Wyoming for the university and for Learfield to choose me to do this. uh, It's a it's 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 just a it's a great feeling. And now that you know, when they announced it in Jan, July, it was like, okay, it's game week now, Josh. <laughs> it's, it's go time. There's no more sitting around thinking what could have, should have. It's, it's time to get going, and I'm really looking forward to that. Right, and you, you mentioned it, you know, going to be in the booth with Kevin McKinney, someone that Cowboys fans have heard from a long time. And, you know, just for you, I've got to know Kevin over the past year or so. Uh, definitely a character, to say the least. You know, what, what's the funnest part about working alongside Kevin during a broadcast? 
Uh, his dry humor, Kevin. If, well, first, I mean, his knowledge is absolutely incredible. Huh? Kevin has forgotten more about the University of Wyoming and Wyoming athletics than I'll ever know or a lot of people will ever know. And just his dry sense of humor and the way he approaches some things is, is and you have to pay attention because sometimes, you know, no, nobody's ever accused me of being a genius, Josh. Sometimes that just goes right over my head. And, you know, as you talked about, it's it's a lot different preparing for, you know, to do play-by-play for a game as opposed to being a sideline reporter. And I know that you've kind of got that experience over the past 20, 20 years or so doing basketball broadcasts. But, you know, for you, just what's the, uh, I guess, the biggest difference in how you're going to prepare for the game on Saturday compared to maybe how you'd prefer, prepare for another game in your previous role? Well, as the sideline guy, I would just kind of walk along the sideline with a roster in my hand and just kind of look at numbers, you know, as things happened and, you know, make a note here or there. As the play-by-play guy, you know, I've got a spotting charts for both teams that I'll have sitting in front of me and be able to glance down and look at. And uh, there's just a lot more preparation. It's far as stats, background, things like that, because I just – let Dave and Kevin used they used to do that in the past and I was just kind of there to add a little bit of uh add a little bit of fun you know give some injury reports but the the preparation is it's a lot more extensive there's more in-depth to it let's just put it that way right and you know just this week in general you know how many hours does it goes into preparing to do play-by-play for a football broadcast I did a little bit of sideline reporting in the past and it always just amazed me how much time and effort it takes into just being prepared to fill every little moment throughout a game well it started uh, I started looking at this last week and I was just I was trying to do the best I could to try to come up with depth charts for both Illinois and Wyoming because, you know, there just wasn't a lot of information coming out of both Laramie and Champaign when it came to potential starters and potential backups. And I know these coaches like to play things close to the vest. So, yeah, I was doing as much digging as I could through stuff that you're writing, and I really appreciate your work for helping me out in this regard. Uh, Just – to find who's going to be where and, you know, which transfer came in from where, which guy left, uh, who they're trying to replace him with. Uh, you know, Illinois, I, I think they've they got, like Wyoming, 12, 15, maybe 20 transfers that have worked their ways in as, as well. So, And one of those could be their starting quarterbacks. It, it started mid-last week just to try to find names and who's who and who's going to be where. Right. And, you know, you went to school here in the 1990s and have obviously been broadcasting Wyoming athletics for a long time now. But, you know, at what point did, you know, you kind of realize that this, you know, would be a job and a position that you would want to hold someday? Well, I just, you know, I figured when I was at school in Laramie, you know, and I, you know, I was was a high school athlete, you know, I'm weekend warrior type of guy. And I realized real quick there really wasn't a lot of room in the sports world for a kind of a short, fat, slow guy. So this was my decision to go into sports casting was to keep in sports, to, to be around it and to participate in the only way I knew. And that was just to be able to describe it and, and tell people about it. So that was, that's why I got into this.
Right. And just, you know, how would you describe your journey in the sports media industry over the last 20 years or so? I know everyone kind of has their unique path. You know, what's what do you remember the most about this journey? Well, well, you always remember the first job. And that was uh, at KCSR up in Shadron, Nebraska, doing uh, high school games for uh, Shadron High School. And my first game was when Shadron played Gordon and high school. That was uh, I always remember that one. But and then I started doing some women's basketball for Shadron State. But you know, when I got the chance to start doing Wyoming women's basketball, I considered that a huge break for me because. I had got my foot in the door over there. And you know what? I got to work with maybe one of the best coaching staffs uh, I have ever been around with Joe Ligurski and Gerald Mattinson and uh, his assistant coaches, you know, Heather and Fallon and Ryan and Mike Petrino and everybody that was on that staff. That was an incredible break. And uh, you know what? It, and that's that got my voice out there to Wyoming fans. And I think that familiarity has really helped me on this journey through women's basketball to where men's basketball and now here to uh, football that I have developed a relationship with a lot of Wyoming fans through that. So that those are the, those are the highlights. Those are the big things. Right. And obviously, you know, the main focus is football right now with the season opener coming up, but, you know, I have to ask you, you know, you're on the call for so many of those Wyoming basketball memories this past season. Um, you know, just being around the program for so long, what was it like for you to just be that much a part of such a special season for the Cowboys? It was, it was incredible watching that team come together and watching that coaching staff work and just see how they ran practices and how they interacted with guys and how they held everyone accountable. It didn't matter who you were on that team. If you were Maldo or EK or everyone during practice was held accountable for the job that they needed to do. And they set the bar high and they have expectations and they expect the players to step up and, and meet those expectations. So that's, that was one of the things that was great was just seeing how that coaching staff worked and how Jeff Linder and Duquesne DeWeese and, uh, you know, Sundance Wicks and coach Rogers and those guys just show up every day and expect the best out of their guys. Right. And getting back to the football field, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of new pieces, you know, a very, uh, very different look of the team, to say the least, from what they were last season. Um, you know, what's the thing that excites you the most about this group? Just the newness, uh, you know, the freshness. Um, you know, we keep we've been hearing for a couple of years now that there might be some new wrinkles or a couple new developments in the offense. And with, you know, the the first ever unprecedented quarterback trade in college history uh, with Andrew Peasley coming over to Wyoming. And, you know, the maybe this is the year, Josh, that we we realize that change or maybe that shift in focus to a, a more controlled passing attack. You know, we know the Cowboys are going to try and run the ball. That's, that's, that's Craig Bull's MO, but I'm really looking forward to seeing if this little transition or maybe growth in the offense finally comes to fruition with, with this new quarterback and um, just, and you know, the, unfortunately they lost a great receiver, but there's going to have to be guys step up 
and hope Cobbs and Brown maybe going to be that guy. And with Gentry going down, that position was just hurt a little bit more uh, because they don't, they're not really deep there anyway. But those guys are going to have to step up. And, you know, you're not going to replace Isaiah Nair, but you got to kind of fill that gap. And hopefully these guys will. Right. And just, you know, last one for you, we're only a few days out from the season opener out in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, for you, has it set in that you're going to be on the mic when the Cowboys have that first kickoff of the year on Saturday? It, it has. Um, I Today was just so I was at work. I was just going through some Illinois stuff. I printed off some of their game notes and I uh, listened to uh, the Brett Beal in a press conference from last week after their final scrimmage. And yeah, and then I, it has hit me right now uh, saying, okay, this we're going to be in Illinois. We're going to be at Champaign next Saturday, less than a week from now, broadcasting this game. And, you know, I went and bought some cool new binoculars, Josh, so I could see from the press box down to the field. So <laughs> I could find out who's got the ball or who's making the tackle or whatever. It's It has hit me. And it's I've just kind of, once again, been in awe that I am in this position and I am forever grateful that I am getting this opportunity. You just heard from Reese Monaco, the voice of your Wyoming Cowboys. Reese, really appreciate it. I'll see you out there on Saturday. Josh, travel safe, and uh, thank you for the work that you do. Really appreciate it, and keep it up. Great stuff from Reese Monaco, voice of the Cowboys. Really excited to see him step into this new role, someone that's been a fixture in the program for decades now. Uh, but now it's the thing that you guys all have been waiting for. The season opener is here, just a little over 24 hours away whenever we're releasing this. And it's uh, going to be an interesting one, to say the least. Two teams that we don't really know a lot about, in part you know, because of how both coaching staffs are kind of keeping things close to the vest, but also just a lot of changes in general. So I'm joined by my co-host, David Graff. David, I got to ask you, you know, you're a UW alum. You've covered the team now for a couple years. What's the thing that you're most looking forward to, both about the season in general and in particular this season opener? Well, I don't want to sound like a Craig Bull shill, but I got to say, th this is kind of when Bowles' teams shine. There are no expectations on this team. No one has Mountain West trophy aspirations. There's nothing that says, oh, wow, this is going to be one of those teams that people are going to remember for a long time. But I kind of I, I have a weird Wyoming sense of optimism that the team's going to be pretty good. It's going to be maybe a little bit more interesting, a little less sad on the sidelines this year in terms of hopefully there aren't as many shutouts. And uh, so that that's probably what I'm most excited about. It's your second year being around the, the football team. What are you looking forward to from the Cowboys? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's just kind of the newness and the fresh blood within the program and not necessarily in terms of everything being new guys stepping into roles, but also some of the returners that either didn't play big roles or guys like Titus Swin, who, in my opinion, for a good chunk of last season, looked like the best running back on the Cowboys roster. Seems like they're going to kind of go into more of a, a traditional one guy getting the bulk of the reps type of deal instead of the split situation they've had the past few years. I think he's on the verge of an all-Mountain West season, depending on how well the Cowboys do 
could potentially be in the mix for some of that all-American talk. But I think it's exciting. You know, last season there were these high expectations. I think it was, uh, at least in terms of the amount of first-place votes, their best preseason ranking ever. Went off to that 4-0 start, kind of got everyone's hopes up, and then it just all came crashing down once Mountain West play started. So I just think it'll be good. You know, maybe not – or definitely not maybe – not near as much experience as last season. But I think that could be a good thing in a sense. You know, on the offensive line – you lose a lot of talented guys, but you're also losing guys that had five, six years of playing college football under their belt. And for an offensive lineman, that'll wear you down quick. So I kind of like the mix where you got the two veterans at tackle and then guys in the middle that don't necessarily have as much wear and tear on them. I think on the defensive side, I'm interested to see a lot of new things going on, but I think the secondary has the potential to be one of the best in the conference. I know they led the league in pass defense, but you know, just talking to people over there, they weren't particularly, um, you know, happy with that group as much as, you know, you thought they might have been with a top passing defense. So I think with guys like Ja'Cory Hawkins coming in, Cam Stone getting better, a really talented uh, safety group, as well as kind of some new faces as well at linebacker and defensive end, I think there's going to be the opportunity to really make some plays on that side of the ball. Yeah, you mentioned that 4-0 start. Luckily, there are no cross-country flights to Connecticut this year. I think that's the biggest benefit for this team. I think the longest flight is probably to Hawaii. And how can you be happy or how can you be mad flying all the way to Hawaii? I mean, that's, that's a trip that everybody looks forward to. Well, you've been around the team more than I have leading up to this opener here. What – what is the sense that you're getting from the team about where they're ha- where they're at heading into week zero here? You know, talking to a lot of different guys, it, it kind of seems like there's definitely a lot of optimism, although I think every single football program in the country would probably have a sense of optimism before you play a game. It's kind of the uh, you see it on Twitter, like people put out the fake quotes from training camp and it's like everyone's playing really hard you know all that good stuff but no I I think there's truly a sense of confidence and I think there's a a much improved team chemistry Um, you know not necessarily that there were a lot of bad team guys but I think the fact that so many spots were open there was so much competition and guys that are just ready to prove themselves I think that's one thing that's just kind of really uplifted their morality entire team and then also talking to players it seems like Craig Bull is not that he was absent last year, but it seems like he's definitely been a lot more engaged in the program through, you know, whatever it may be, um, you know, being more energetic at practice and kind of lifting guys up or just going down and regularly having meals with them down there as a team. So I think that's, you know, one thing that's really helped uplift the morale. But heading into week zero, um, you know, guys kind of sound like this is really a perfect chance to sort of see where they stand. I have a story coming out on Thursday that's going to be sort of about this, but with both teams kind of having similar mindsets of how they want to play with physicality and establishing the run, I think this is going to be kind of the most perfect opportunity you could ask for, for Wyoming to really have a benchmark to see where it's at. Yeah. They're taking on Illinois who they quite literally have never played before in the history of the Cowboy football program. What what do you think 
would be considered a success if it's not necessarily a win? I think being competitive, keeping it within a touchdown or so, even if it's or even if, you know, it's a three point game late and Illinois gets the late touchdown to push it to 10. And at the time of this recording, at least on DraftKings, that would keep Wyoming betters in the green for that one. But no, I think just being competitive is the big thing. Obviously, I think a win could really jolt the energy around this program. I don't think the energy as far as fan interest is necessarily as high as it was this point last year. But it's, uh, I, I think just being competitive is the big thing. And also with the offense, showing that you're able to mix it up a little bit. You know, if you're a Wyoming fan, I think the thing that you might hate more than anything is the amount of times where you went run, run, and then pass on third and long last season. So I think if they can show a balanced offense and be competitive, I think that's enough to get the fans excited. Well, on this this year's team, there, as you mentioned, there are still guys – returning from last year with experience despite what you may think if you're just scanning the roster really briefly what do you think is the strength of this year's team heading into the year when there may be a few less injuries few less guys banged up yeah I think the interior defensive line is obviously going to be one with Cole Goodbow and Jordan Bertinoli I think you know both of those guys are going to be two anchors of the defense along with Easton Gibbs who's moved over into that coveted Mike linebacker spot that was previously held by Chad Muma and Logan Wilson but I think for me it's really got to be the tight end position it's sort of the one spot where you had no attrition whatsoever uh, you bring back all your guys I mean the, the, as far as returning receiving production goes I want to say the tight ends were pretty close to making up 50% of that um, as far as last year's stats go so I mean you have Trayton Welch Parker Christensen obviously are going to be huge parts of that offense I think that's one way you know even if you want to stick to your traditional power run game and things like that just having multiple tight ends that are proven pass catchers is going to be huge for them and then you also got a lot of guys behind them you know you got Colin O'Brien Jackson Marcotte as a guy that we've heard a lot about, had some injuries that he dealt with, I think, last year, but just a big body that can, you know, put people on their backs and then also catch a few passes here and there. So I think on on the defensive side, definitely the interior line. And then on offense, I think it has to be the tight ends and then also the running back spot. I mean, Titus Swin, as I said earlier, I think he's a guy that's has all conference potential. If he would have been more regularly used last year, he probably would have been a preseason all conference pick, but had the second most yards per carry in the offense, led the team in touchdowns. And by all accounts, it seems like he's gotten both, you know, bigger, stronger, faster. But I think more importantly, uh, you know, gotten better as a pass catcher and as a receiving option out of the backfield, which I thought was one of the things that Xavier Valaday did that made him so talented here, even though he's the number two leading rusher in school history. I thought his ability to be a threat in their passing game was a really huge thing for him. So it sounds like Titus has evolved a lot in that area. And uh, I mean, we saw it last year, you know, he can run you over and then he can also get the ball at the, at his own one yard line and take it 97 yards. I think that was against CSU had a couple big ones against Utah state. So I think, you know, those two rivalry games sort of uh, showcased what Wyoming hopes to get from him at that position. No doubt. I mean, if you're new to the podcast here, Josh certainly loves this tight end group. He always seems to go back to the tight end. So 
I got to know what, what, who is your favorite tight end? I mean, just of all time, you, you seemingly love the position. Your eye kind of goes to the edge of the offensive line to those pass catching guys. Who, who's your favorite tight end? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, this is a guy that Wyoming fans will like to hear. And, you know, I was a, a young kid during the the days of the Dallas Cowboys reign of dominance. I got to go with Jay Novacek. He was uh, kind of my idol whenever I was growing up playing football at a young age. Had a, a lot of Cowboys fans in the family with me growing up in Houston and them taking the Tennessee Oilers to Tennessee where there is no oil. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I got to go with Jay Novacek. And then, uh, you know, definitely watched a little bit of tape of him here and there during my brief days as a uh, varsity tight end player at Jersey Village High School. So that's where it all goes back. You, you're you a former high school tight end. That That's the connection there. I love that. I love that. Well, what what is the one thing that you think Cowboy fans should know heading into this season? I think that they should know that as much as everybody wants to air the ball out and how great, you know, having balance as an offense is, I think the biggest thing, and I touched on it earlier this week when I released, you know, my keys to the season is just more than throwing the ball just to throw it. It's being efficient when you do. And obviously part of that is kind of mixing things up so that your throwing opportunities aren't coming on third and longs when the defense knows it's coming. But, you know, you look back to the stats from last year when the Cowboys completed over 56% of their passes went seven and two. And then their other four games, they went 0 and four and completed less than 42% of their passes. So, you know, it doesn't have to be air in the ball out 30 times a game it just has to be being consistent with that and um you know we got a big tba on the depth chart this week so i guess we'll have to wait until that first snap to see who's going out there any guesses on who's going out there i i think we both have a good inkling but any guesses you want to share yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess for both teams that have yet to decline their, to name their starting quarterback, and I'm gonna say Andrew Peasley will start it for the Cowboys and Tommy DeVito for uh, for Illinois. Got a couple of newcomers, transfers coming in from other schools, and uh, I, I think both of them are going to be poised for impressive seasons. That's fair. That's that's probably a good guess. I guess we're not going to see Easton Gibbs try to give it a go at quarterback. He was, he was a high school quarterback, but uh, he'll quarterback the defense. Well, anything else? Yeah. You know, now that you mentioned it, you actually have two former high school quarterbacks running the linebacker course with uh, Shea Suanoa and Easton Gibbs. So it, uh, I guess, you know, if things go haywire, you do have a couple of options there. There's there's always guys who have some some quarterback background if uh, something goes terribly wrong, terribly wrong. Well, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here, Josh? No, I think, um, you know, I guess me and you like to dip our toes into some wagering here and there. You know, I think the Cowboys are a 11-point underdog, over-under set around 44 points. What would be your, uh, you know, your favorite thing to wager on as far as this weekend's game goes? Well, I think 11 points is very fair. Both these teams, based on their head coach, head coach's histories are that, they're going to run a lot of uh, power, uh, 
power eye, left or right, they're going to hammer the ball into the offensive line. So I don't think that the total is necessarily anything that you maybe want to touch. But I think 11 points is too many to give to a Cowboys team that has a tendency to try and keep it close. What about yourself? Yeah, I uh, I think that's a good call. I'm I, I I'm doing my prediction in my tail of the tape that I do every week for our game day wrap, and I'm kind of wrestling with you know Wyoming probably losing it within a touchdown. Uh, but for me, I actually do like that under and kind of for the mention the reason that you mentioned, especially if it get, gets above 44 points where it's at now. I think you know, a 21-17 game is uh, is pretty possible in this one. I think this will be one of the fastest moving games of the season, that's for sure. Yeah, there shouldn't be too many commercial breaks if you're not making the trip and you're watching from home or watching at the bar. You won't have to buy any extra rounds or any extra appetizers in order to make it through this one. Most definitely. Well, thanks everybody for listening. I'm Josh Criswell. He's David Graff. Make sure to tune in and follow yosports.net for all your Cowboys coverage. Going to have some great stuff coming out for you all throughout the year and look forward to talking to you guys next week. We'll see you next time. Rise of the brand.